politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow patriots, to the one and only Conservative Review podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house. And no, I am not Michael Horowitz. I am not the FBI Inspector General, but I guess you could call me America's Inspector General. This is Daniel, not Michael. Uh, We inspect all of our policies that are ignored by our political class. What both parties are doing wrong, not just in the FBI, but on all issues. And it's funny that everyone's focused on the FBI today. But if you want to focus on the FBI, there is an issue that is not being talked about. Again, everyone's focused on the Mueller stuff and FISA and the spying. And I get it. But what sort of vision are we going to give with that as conservatives? I know there are abuses there to talk about, but we've milked it to death. Here we like to talk about the issues that define a civilization that we don't even talk about and most people don't even know is going on. Most people intuitively, if you mention it to them, they know it's going on, but they don't see it on the news. And that is the growing crime wave. We've talked a lot about this from the vantage point of illegal immigration. But today, I want to broaden the discussion to the general crime wave that certainly illegal immigration plays a role in that. But how Republicans, if they were sane in a true conservative party, they have the opportunity to hang around the necks of the Democrats, violent crime growing everywhere, certainly tied in with gangs, the drug crisis, win back uh, suburban voters. As I noted the last month, totally jujitsu the Democrats' message on gun control with criminal control that the very same people who are pushing policies to disarm law-abiding citizens that don't matter to the political class, they want to go ahead and let out gun felons. You know, just this week, it came out an excerpt from Andrew Pollack's book. He's uh, one of the famous Parkland fathers, one who's conservative. He lost his daughter Meadow in the shooting. And he's the only one out there talking about this in his new book. The story of Parkland, Nicholas Cruz, the shooter, that is not a gun issue That's a jailbreak issue. That's a criminal justice reform issue. Don't lock up anyone at all costs, especially juveniles. And he noted that students were allowed four misdemeanors per year without any punishment. So you could commit four, you know, four misdemeanors in 10th grade. You come in 11th grade, it resets. That was the issue Republicans should have seized on at the time. That was the first thing that catalyzed this latest push for gun control last February. Republicans should have made it all about criminal control. Instead, that very day in February of 2018, Republicans joined Democrats in the Senate Judiciary Committee in passing at a committee level the First Step Act releasing violent gun and drug felons from federal prison, reducing sentencing at the front end, early release at the back end. To me, I find it amazing 
that we are living through a new crime wave and Republicans won't even talk about it. I was reared into politics at a young age at a time when crime was the biggest issue. I remember kind of like early 90s when the crime bubble was really bad right before it popped under the Giuliani um, era where we finally got the effects of Reagan's laws with tougher sentencing, more aggressive police tactics. And, you know, people thought that this would be the new normal. We would never be able to live safe again. And then lo and behold, depending on the state, but nationally, we actualized 21 consecutive years of reduction in violent crime, culminating with a cumulative reduction of roughly 60% in violent crime, a little bit more than 60% reduction in homicides. It is one of the most miraculous trends, really the only positive social trend we have seen in our lifetime with the culture and society going to hell in a handbasket, in a handbasket seeing this reduction in crime. So we've reared an entire new generation that thought that this would be the new normal. We would never again see the crime wave. And lo and behold, starting around 2015, that trajectory has turned back. We've seen it anecdotally, and now we're seeing it in, in uh, um, the data. We're seeing it you know, certainly with the drug crisis. No one gets locked up for drug trafficking, but nobody gets locked up for assault and gun felonies, and even sexual assaults, even child sexual assaults, even homicide, massive rap sheets. Because whereas in the early 90s, the pressure was to lock up criminals at all costs because both parties, except for the very far left, actually listened to we the people. Law-abiding Americans, at least on this issue, now we don't matter. The pressure groups the endless groups to, oh, we lock up too many people. And even 10 years into this jailbreak movement, when the prison population has plummeted already and violent crime is now going back up, they still think we lock up too many people and the pendulum, the pressure is even worse. So some of the data we have is actually old. If you look where we sit today and where we're headed, if we don't bend the trajectory, it's even worse. It is amazing to me that, that we're not discussing this. It's amazing to me. Now, what you see here that I want to discuss today is a new Justice Department report is out that actually proves with data what I'm talking about. Your eyes are not failing yourself. And basically, as I noted, the trend that's happening is so many crimes aren't being reported, ones that are don't result increasingly don't result in an arrest because they don't want to arrest people. Those who they do arrest doesn't result in a conviction. Those who they do convict doesn't result in um, sentencing to incarceration. It results in probation. Those who they do sentence are, are very little. And people violate their probation left and right. And they so and, and the criminals know, whereas before in the 90s, like, hey, we'll lock you up, buddy. That deterred people. But the criminals know we so badly don't want to lock them up. 
Whereas in the 90s, they were so concerned about the crime rate. Now they're concerned about the incarceration rate. Could you imagine that? We spoke yesterday at length about the origins of the Constitution, the purpose of the Constitution, the purpose of government. And the number one purpose of government is to protect us. There is no worse infringement of liberty than someone who is innocent and can't walk the street without getting beaten senselessly. And you're seeing this everywhere in New York and California. But I want to focus today in particular on Minnesota, the heartland, Minnesota nice. Minnesota is the worst mix of sanctuaries in the Twin City area, jailbreak policies of weak on crime in general, and then this whole growth of Somali immigrants that we've let in in the tens of thousands in that area, creating a tremendous time bomb. And thanks to one of our listeners who lives in the area who's really sent me a lot of good material on this. But many of you have seen several viral videos. I think Drudge had one or two of them up of these senseless beatings in, um, in the Minneapolis area. I want you to watch this video here. If Republicans would seize this issue, they would win the election with suburban voters. This is what scares people. And again, this is the biggest violation of liberty imaginable. This is why we have government. Why is this happening? Why are people more emboldened? So I want to share with you today the Bureau of Justice's annual National Crime Victimization Survey, the NCVS. This is probably the second most widely circulated crime survey um, after the FBI's uniform crime reporting, and which, by the way, should come out any day. In fact, it might be today or tomorrow. It's usually around this time in September. We'll get 2018 data. But the reason why this is so important is it's been they've had this for decades. And, it, and it, it's a survey, a tremendous survey, um, very uh, wide sample of victims of crime, hearing it directly from victims. Because remember, a lot of crimes aren't reported. And notice how we've said until now that when it comes to violent crime, clearly we're seeing the homicide rate tick up already in the uniform crime reportings, but not as much as we might think. Well, we're seeing the homicide report. We're seeing violent crime in general tick up, but not as much as you would think it should be based on the anecdotal evidence we're seeing. And, and property crimes still are plummeting, continuing the 25-year decline. But that doesn't seem to be the case in many parts of the country. Why? Well, the answer is a lot of crimes aren't being reported. And this is where you're going to pick it up in the National Crime Victimization Survey from BJS. So this just came out last Tuesday, and I forgot to talk about it last week. I want to talk about it today. Among U.S. residents age 12 or older, the number of violent crime victims rose from 2.7 million in 2015 to 3.3 million in 2018, an increase of 604,000 victims. In total, the number of violent incidents increased from 5.2 million to 6 million, 800,000 incidents just in one year, from 2017 to 2018. 
just in one year, there has been a jump of 800,000 violent crime incidents reported in this survey. Now, I want to note here, the context of this report is very important. Because from 1994 through 2015, every consecutive year, the numbers went down and down and down. For that trajectory to bend up is a very big problem. To lose that one solid trajectory that we've benefited from in public policy I don't care if you're a liberal, a conservative, or anything in between. If you are a sane, rational person who cares about public safety, that should disturb all of us, and that should be the discussion. Violent crime is going up. Why? Instead, from both political parties, too many people are being locked up. They're they're 10, 15 years too late. The pendulum has already swung to the other side. I want to show you here the chart that I made that is so important. The, the, no one else has made a chart like this. The ultimate crisscross. Look at this. Violent crime was, was skyrocketing throughout the 80s. Incarceration, we weren't locking people up. We started locking people up in the 90s. Boom, the crime plummeted. And then notice, as throughout the 2000s, as the criminal justice reform movement grew very quietly, enacting all these things without anyone knowing, it stagnated. And then now it's bending up. And again, that's the federal prison population. Um, the state prison population has plummeted and in st- some states. It's even it's even sharper. You know, as I noted today, like the reason why we see the crime going up, that's the culprit. That's the culprit. What wh- where where are the biggest problems identified in this report? So BJS put out a press release giving, you know, the highlights and they noted the overall rise was driven by increases in the number of victims of rape or sexual assault. Which increased by. A hundred and forty two hundred forty three thousand incidents over the last three years, aggravated assault increased by about one hundred thirty three thousand and simple assault increased by about 400,000. Isn't that what you and I are seeing together? I know a lot of you send me emails, stories in your local areas. We're seeing the beatings, the assaults, and the sexual assaults. At a time when we have this woke movement of Me Too, why aren't Republicans talking about, I mean, I see every day when I research these um, sanctuary cities releasing child sex offenders and the whole Central American a child rape problem. But the other issue is putting the immigration component aside for a moment. Even child sex assault offenders often don't serve any time. They're just out on probation. Nobody serves time. That is the secret sauce to why the violent crime is going up. You know, I have out today an article we'll link to in show notes. Baltimore's drug problem is all about crime and open borders, not the opioid prescriptions. And I have great charts in there, about six different charts from the Maryland Department of Health showing the entirety of the drug overdoses is all illicit drugs, not prescription drugs. Nobody's overdosing on prescription drugs except for a handful that's mixing it with illicit drugs. 
So they're drug addicts. They're not chronic pain patients. It's not the doctors. It's not the pharmaceuticals. It's drug addicts taking drugs by the drug cartels. Why is that suddenly becoming a problem the last few years? It's the amalgamation of what has happened the last few years. Massive Central American and MS-13 resurgence, because according to DEA, it's the transnational gangs that are distributing the drugs for the transnational cartels. And then it's, it's the jailbreak policies. And most prominently, not to lock up any drug trafficker. In Baltimore, they do not lock up any drug trafficker. In Baltimore, it's a sanctuary city for criminal alien distribution networks. It, it, it doesn't take Sherlock Holmes to figure out why in the city of Baltimore, where we don't lock anyone up and we invite in the, the criminal alien networks and we don't bust them up. Because remember, remember, what's the most common thing that a criminal alien is arrested for but released? Drugs. Oh, it's just drugs. I mean, just drugs. That's your drug crisis. And whereas with Americans, even if we lock them up, it's not going to be for long. The average sentence for even a drug trafficker, not possession, drug trafficker is 1.7 years. I'm sorry, is 17 months. And that's among those who are sentenced. The average is 17 months. Um, <clears throat> half of them get probation. But among the ones that are sentenced, it's only 17 months. So they're going to be out in the streets peddling it again. <clears throat> But illegal aliens should be out of the country. They should be handed over to ICE. So I'm, I'm actually, if I do say so myself, I'm very proud of this piece. I think it's very important. As you well know, I live in the area and it, and it means a lot to me. And I see these local politicians. Oh, we need opioid treatment and the, the doctors, the pharmaceuticals, screwing it to doctors, screwing it to pain patients, while these very same politicians are letting out the drug traffickers, not locking them up and welcoming in the transnational gangs and cartels trafficking this stuff. And in an amazing statistic, I didn't even realize it was this bad. I mean, I knew it was kind of something like this, but um, I just saw an article from the Baltimore Sun from a couple of months ago that Maryland's prison population has plummeted 29%. Not the rate, the population. The rate is probably steeper because the population has grown over the last decade. So over the last decade, in most states, the incarceration has already been bent and they're still talking about that we're locking up too many people. I mean, if you want to know why you have a, a drug crisis in Baltimore, if you want to know why you have a homicide crisis in Baltimore, there's your answer. You lock up the people, you take them off the streets. It's, it's the 10% doing 90% of the crime, as, as Ronald Reagan always said. You take them off the streets, crime plummets. You let them on the streets or don't convict them, don't lock them up, give them probation, and then allow them to violate their probation, and you're too scared to lock them up. You have Baltimore, you have Chicago. And yes, you have Minneapolis. So I want to discuss this a little bit. So that beating that I showed before took place in Minneapolis, and there's been a whole rash of them. So I want to read to you several important articles here. So much for Minnesota nice. I guess 
Minnesota politicians are only nice to criminals. You and I don't matter. We don't have a lobby. We don't freaking matter. We don't matter at all. We don't matter today. We don't matter tomorrow. Um, Hennepin attorney announces charges in violent down, downtown assaults and robberies. This is from Alpha News. Great website. Um, Hennepin County's attorney, uh, Hennepin County Attorney's Office has announced that 18 people have been charged in relation to at least two of the brutal assaults and robberies in downtown Minneapolis over the past few months. One of them was the one I just showed. Several of the assaults were captured on security video and have made their way online, including one particularly brutal assault reported to have happened on August 3rd just outside Target Field. The graphic video shows the white male victim um, being assaulted. And that's a whole other story, the racial crimes. There was another assault um, I want to uh, show here of this um, Hasidic Jew in Brooklyn. Uh, If you just take a look here, we're going to post the video. Um, This guy, Dove Hykind, who was a former uh, assemblyman in New York, he posted this on his Twitter feed. So another guy being surrounded by five or so youths. This is the racism no one wants to talk about, but we'll leave the race issue aside for a moment. Um, Although I I do want to say it's not just the left. I mean, Mike Lee, Mike Lee, Rand Paul, um, the Heritage Foundation, all these Liberty, Texas Public Policy Foundation, all these people. Donald Trump is now talking about this. We need criminal justice reform. We're locking up too many blacks for, for low level drug offenses and we're harming blacks. And like I always say, dude, blacks commit an overwhelming uh, um, amount of crime relative to their share of the population and are actually under incarcerated. But still, even with that in in mind, most people are not criminals, including most blacks are not criminals. They're law abiding citizens. So when you don't lock these people up. You're going to have all these beatings against whites, which I believe are racially motivated, and that's an issue. But most often on net, the people harmed the most are blacks. And that's certainly with the homicides, but with the drugs. With Baltimore, it's all cocaine. The cocaine laced with fentanyl. It's all blacks who are dying from that. That is what you reap from sanctuary policies and criminal justice reform, deform. But anyway, let me go on from this um, uh, this um, report here from Alpha News. A Minnesota Crime Watch page on Facebook that covers the downtown area has posted several reports of assaults and robberies involving cell phones over the summer, including a post about a strong-arm robbery. Another post on August 22nd described a strong-arm robbery where a male, white male was robbed of his cell phone by two blacks. Um, and another violent video was online last week. Uh, basically you had, um, where was this? Well, I'll get to that in a minute, but in a press release regarding the charges, the Hennepin County attorney's office said that 18 people who range in age from 15 to 27 years old have been charged with various counts of robbery in connection with two separate incidents in downtown Minneapolis last month. Um, And, you know, they were charged with robbery and assault. One of them left the victim just, just completely, completely beaten. Just, just terribly, terribly beaten. 
Um, so that is the story there. But I want to read to you. And again, thanks uh, to, uh, I know you don't want to be named, so I'm not going to name you, but I want to give you credit. One of our listeners from the Minneapolis area. I want to point to another article from the local CBS affiliate. This is brand new. Just from uh, from earlier this week, from from Monday. So they talk about this assault that resulted in in one of these guys getting knocked out unconscious. And again, I mean, you look at a video like that. I mean, there's a part of me that wants the death penalty. I think it's, you know, we're, we're federalizing everything. Everything's federal now. Hate crimes. Well, we need an anti-mob violence thing. There is something so repugnant about 5, 10, 15 people surrounding one person and just beating them. I mean, and especially often it's not even to even like get money just for the purpose of beating. I think in some cases where the person is if the person dies for sure, but if they're short of dying, but but severely incapacitated for the rest of their life, I think there should be the death penalty. And otherwise, just in general, very stiff mandatory minimums. I want to see that piece of legislation. I mean, this is a thing we see in the Baltimore area. It's a growing problem, this beating issue. And um, let me just say. I don't recall and, and cor- I stand corrected if you send me videos otherwise, I mean. Stuff happens, but in general, I, I, I don't see this happening with whites. I, I, I don't see that. So there's that. You know, if you want to talk about, you know, there's a problem of white supremacism, well, then we need to talk about this problem as well. They report that from that there have been 48 reported robberies in downtown um, over a three-week st- stretch, with 23 happening in one week in Minneapolis, from January 1st to August 26th in 2018, police said there were 156 robberies downtown. And then in 2019, there were 240, a 53.8% increase. By the way, over that one-year period, in Minnesota, the prison population plummeted 6.4%. And it wouldn't surprise me if the ones for the Minneapolis area were even steeper, because that's what drives most of the, you know, criminality in the state. Um, They search for easy targets, typically someone who is intoxicated alone and looking at their phone. And. um, This is. The quote I want to give to you from VJ Smith, founder of Mad Mad Dads, Minneapolis, a local crime group, activist group. Many of these juveniles that are affected by this are part of just coming out of incarceration and they don't have any hope at home. There's nothing there. So they come downtown where there's a little bit of everything and they're waiting on somebody to prey on. These people in the community that are doing this we have to have some consequences for this, but we also have to get hard. They have a whole bunch of stuff there, but but the, the point is, guess what? Guess what? The point is, these people are totally not locked up. That is the dirty little secret. These people are not locked up. 
That's what it is. Or if they are, it's for a couple days and they're out. We're not talking about, oh, he's smoking marijuana. We're talking those that violently beat people unconscious. And, and, and the thing is, it's not just where they've been until now. I'm sure all these people have rap sheets. These 18 who have been arrested, seven of them are juveniles. It's the fact that I bet you that even after being caught for this notorious beating, they're not going to get 10 years, much less 30 years. I'll tell you that much. The juveniles might get nothing. But there's more. Let's go through some other cases here. Let's go through some of these other cases. So this guy, Leroy Dwayne Woodbeck. This is also from Alpha News. So this guy was caught last week, charged with seven crimes, six felonies, burglary, auto theft. Then he he took he, he stole a woman's car. And I guess the dog was in the car. This woman had to watch while her car was being driven away and then saw her dog be tossed out the window by this dude, this Woodbeck guy. So he had a crime spree of um, seven Seven charges, six felonies in one day. Who was this guy? Was he a first-timer, never known to police? No. According to Alpha News, this guy had nearly 70 criminal cases, including at least 15 felony convictions since 2003. The crimes ranged from burglary, theft, check forgery, financial card fraud, receiving stolen property, theft of motor vehicle, robbery, narcotics, domestic assault, DWI, and damage to property. And notice it's many of those very things, burglary, damage to property, vehicle theft, that he did again. It's habitual. That's, that's what it is. How long did he serve? Well, you always like to look at the last offense. What was the last offense? It was a burglary and narcotics charge in May. He was convicted. He was sentenced to a stayed. His sentence was stayed. Stayed sentence. So it's time served. And he got nothing. So this is a guy who had 70 things on his rap sheet. 15 felony convictions for violent, serious crimes. And multiple violations of existing probation. So you think of nothing else. So then you lock him up for violating the probation. Then he's convicted again on burglary and drugs. Doesn't serve a single additional day. And friends, this happens in almost every state, including red states, by the way, that have been bought into this Coke libertarian jailbreak crap. Immoral jailbreak crap happens every day. Every story you schmucks want to throw at me. Oh, low level guy locked up for too long. I'll throw a hundred of these at you. People destroying people's lives and never serving a day. Not first-time low-level offenders. No, no, no. Repeat high-level violent offenders. So that's this case. Last week in neighboring Ramsey County, that's St. Paul, there was this guy, Muhammad Adam. Yes, he's a Somali. Yes, there's a big problem with Somalis in the area. He was convicted of killing his son, his cousin, and he was sentenced last week by a district judge. Basically, a whole group of them were playing like this quasi-Russian roulette game. They were discharge, like discharging firearms, just shooting them off. And then they would take what they thought was an empty chamber and point it at someone's head. And one of them did it, this guy, Adam guy, 
and he shot a guy who was his cousin and killed him. Um, he was sentenced to how long? 180 days with 10 years probation. Now, first of all, I doubt he'll wind up even serving six months. You know, that's what he's sentenced to. He'll get out earlier and then maybe after three or four months. And then how much do you want to bet he'll violate that probation left and right and never be sentenced? And again, the very same people who want to take our guns away. So when you walk down the street and get beaten silly, you don't have a way of defending yourself. These guys have take guys who kill people with guns. And then they violate their probation with other gun offenses and they don't want to lock them up. And Republicans will not talk about this, will not introduce a single piece of legislation. They will not um, do anything really to further the agenda on criminal control. Nothing. If anything, even Trump is talking about, oh, criminal justice reform. Uh, we lock up too many people. What, what, a, what, a, what a load of malarkey. And by the way, one other thing here. You know, they always talk about, why do you need more than 10 rounds in a gun? Well, I'll tell you why you need more than 10 rounds. Because the, the trend of these cowardly, dirtbag, vermin youths in all these major cities have increased their um, mob violence from like a ratio of five on one to now they're doing 15 on one gang attacks. So yeah, you need an awful lot of ammo to, to, to shoot at them. And then because we have criminal justice reform and open borders and sanctuary freaking cities and everyone's high on the worst drugs now, they don't get deterred by one bullet or by drawing your weapon. You really have to shoot them several times. So yeah, you know what? You know what? Under my system, maybe you wouldn't need more than 10 rounds because these vermin a-holes would be locked up. But you know what? Under your system, criminal justice jailbreak deformers, guess what? We need 50 rounds in, 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 a, in a gun. And, and heck, maybe we need to start carrying the, the, uh, the streets with AKs and AR-15s. This, this is the story that's not being talked about. And again, all of you know this, this This show is called the Conservative Review Podcast. That's our website. Everyone knows I'm a conservative. I don't hide that. But I guarantee you, most people in the country agree with this. Imagine the suburban voters Republicans could pick up on this issue. The Willie Horton ads they could run against the left. They won't even touch it. Instead, yes, well, we have an over-incarceration problem. Okay, let's move on. We got some uh, some more cases here. Adam Colby Mitchell, a career, another career cr criminal in Minneapolis. He was arrested last month and he was out in the streets despite 30 criminal cases, which included at least six felony convictions, burglary, domestic assault, narcotics, violation of a no contact order. What was his last conviction? May first degree burglary but he got a stayed sentence due to credit for time served. So you can imagine that. You would think if you have a career criminal, you'd be like, man, you're convicted on burglary again. I'm really going to sentence you, you know, make you serve hard time. No, instead we're like, well, you served a lot of time before. Credit for time served. You're out with nothing. And again, these are not anomalies. This happens in every jurisdiction of the country every single day. Child sex offenders, too. Rapists. You know, you know one, of, one of the big things that comes out from this latest uh, crime victim survey from BJS 
If you want a Me Too movement, <clears throat> do you know how many rapes go uncon unconvicted, unreported, unarrested? We talked about the Nigerian illegal alien yesterday, Loco and Moco, one of the Mo Montgomery County cases um, where he was arrested on rape. There was a similar rape charge a year ago. But the victim you know, was too scared to pursue it, according to media reports. This is the Me Too movement we need to spawn. We need a Me Too movement for victims of crime, all crimes. It's time for that. It's time for that. Heck, maybe that will be today's title. So, so there are endless, endless cases here. And, th and, th and then there's the war on cops. You're seeing these videos, particularly in New York, where people are just throwing stuff, assaulting cops with no fear of reprisal. The latest one, this is from yesterday, New York Post. Onlookers pelted police with profanities and death wishes shortly after officers killed a career criminal in a wild shootout that left a cop with a bullet in her hand. Suck my blank, bellowed one man at a police cordon for about two consecutive minutes along the Clifton uh, Street. Um, everybody behind that line can whatever. Um, Edwards, a 39-year-old convicted felon with 16 arrests, including three for weapons possession, was approached by cops as a sus suspect in a domestic assault and responded by trying to flee. Cops zapped Edwards with a taser, but it didn't ta take, and he began a fatal exchange of fire. Again, this guy was out with a gun, despite 16 convictions. Get the blank out of here, one person shouted. I mean, these are the neighborhoods that, that our cops have to go, go into now. Is it any wonder why it's now reported that NYPD is arresting fewer people? They're taking a more defensive posture. This is a return to pre-Giuliani, pre-93 era. Do we really want to go back to that era? Because we are very close to it. Baltimore's, uh, Maryland's prison population is back to 1980s levels. It erased the entire baseline. Everyone's talking about, oh, since the 90s, we locked people up. But guess what? In, some, in many states, that has already reversed the entire trajectory. Not surprisingly, the gains we made on crime have reversed as well. Do we really need to wait until we actualize all the results? So like, well, it's still lower than it was back in the night. Well, yeah, but first of all, many states, it's actually back to those levels. But I mean, do we want to wait nationally until it's back to that? It's again and again and again and again. Just drives me nuts. And, and you know what? And, and it's not it's not just the violent crime, it's also property crimes. It's property crimes as well. Remember how um you know California passed all these laws downgrading um uh violent crimes? Uh well that too, but property crimes? Well, guess what? San Francisco Chronicle reports police records show 203,000 hours in off-duty overtime was logged in the city over the last year because off-duty cops are now being hired to guard retailers because thefts have skyrocketed since 2014, since Proposition 47 was passed.
suspects are just ticketed and released for a lot of these crimes now. It's on and on and on. It's endless. I don't understand why nobody is talking. Why am I the only one fighting for victims of crime? Why am I, I mean, at least on immigration, there's a small movement on the broader criminal justice issue. Heck, even, I mean, I hate to say this, but even my friend Ken Cuccinelli, who's also in immigration, he got bought into this criminal justice reform. I just, I just don't understand it. As long as I'll live, I'll never understand it. But this is the nexus of the drug crisis, of gangs, of assaults and beatings, sexual assaults, repeat offenders, gun violence. This is the issue. This is what is killing and maiming so many more people than the mass shootings from first timers that we have no way of getting anyway. Although I would argue if we had the swift death penalty, we could deter them. Remember two weeks ago, I put out seven ways to push back against gun control with criminal control. No one's pushing my agenda. No one's pushing. And then we have tons of more sanctuary news that I want to talk about. And we are making more progress on that front. So that is good news. Um, ICE Director Albans, Ken Cuccinelli. I think we're going to see some good things in the coming days on that. But it's, it's again, it's schizophrenic. You know, Trump, uh, he agreed to extend temporary protected status amnesty, TPS amnesty for um, Hondurans, Honduran illegal aliens. The question is, who is speaking up for victims of crime? Why is it that the pressure on the politicians is all to avoid locking up dirtbags at all costs? not to bring down crime and protect people. And then these very same people have the nerve. All right, at least if you're going to not do your job as government, at least let us be armed. But no, in all these blue areas I can't carry, and then you're walking into a war zone of 15 people who are going to surround you and beat you with bats. This issue needs a reckoning. I need your help. I need your help in getting the word out. Send this episode to 50 of your friends and relatives. Email me at dharowitz at blazemedia.com um, about stories in your area, jailbreak stories in your area, criminal alien stories in your area. The best we can do is at least spread the word that this is even happening. I think intuitively people know it's happening, but it's not quantified properly. It's not put out there in the news. I'm just telling you, this is a bigger issue to focus on than what other some of my other friends are focusing on today. Not that there are, aren't other issues that I want to get to as well. But th these are a lot of big issues. Immigration, drug crisis, gangs, crime. This is everything. This is our safety and security. If we don't have government to protect us, if instead they represent the criminals, why have a government at all? Folks, we're going to continue this. We're going to continue articles on this. I'll have an article out later today on this. But um, this and more tomorrow, same time, same place. Until then, God bless you all, and thanks for listening. <laughs>